to comfort me.
Jesus sure makes her heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. Obadiah. Yes, Your Majesty. I've made a decision. You and I are going out to look for water. Oh, His Majesty's jesting. I've sent the army to look for water. I've sent shepherds, servants, page boys, everyone. They all report no water. But, Obadiah, there must be springs or brooks of water somewhere. But His Majesty going through the country looking for water? It's unheard of. Kings don't do such things. Well, I am. I don't really trust anyone but myself and you. And I guess I trust you only because you've had the nerve to oppose Her Majesty, the Queen, and continue to worship the living God of Israel. I wish I had the strength of character to oppose her. Oh, well, we are what we are. I shall search this part, you this part. Certainly somewhere in Israel, springs of water gush forth and grass grows green. Three and a half years without rain. There's a green thing anywhere. Only dust. How much longer can Israel endure? Things Obadiah. You, you are the man... Would you, would just, who are you anyway? I am Elijah. Arise, Obadiah, <clears throat> and hasten to your lord the king, and tell him that Elijah is here to see him. You, you want me to tell the king that? Elijah, sir, what sin have I done that you would have the king slay me? His Majesty slay you? He has looked everywhere for you. There is no nation upon the face of the earth where he has not looked. He made all nations take an oath that they found you not. And now you calmly tell me to go tell His Majesty, Elijah is here. Why will he slay you for that? Because as soon as I am gone from here, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you away where I know not. And when King Ahab comes and you are gone, he will slay me. As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand... I will surely be here to face King Ahab this day. Greetings and salutations, Your Majesty. May you live forever. Ah, from the look on your face and the happy note in your voice, you... You have found water. No, no, I found Elijah, Your Majesty. Elijah? The man we've been looking for, the man with the message. I found him, and he sent me to fetch you. He wishes to speak with thee. Does he look... Well... Is he angry? Oh, no, no, Your Majesty. He merely wishes to speak with thee. Lead me to him. So, you're he who has troubled Israel for these three and a half years. I have not troubled Israel. Rather, it is you, your house, and the people of Israel. They have forsaken God and worshipped Baal. Now, therefore, O king... Gather all Israel unto Mount Carmel, the people, the prophets of Baal, the prophets of the groves, everyone. I shall be there, and Israel shall be shown who is the true God and who is the false. Quiet! Your attention, please! Quiet, quiet! Elijah, the prophet, wishes to speak. People of Israel, how long are you going to remain of two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal be God, 
follow him. Which will ye? I stand before you as the only prophet of the Lord God. But of Baal's prophets, there are 450 present. One against 450. Let the 450 prophets of Baal select two bullets. One for them, one for me. We will each cut our bullock in pieces and lay them on wood upon the altar and put no fire under the wood. And then shall the prophets of Baal call unto Baal and I will call unto the Lord God. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God and worshipped by all Israel. It seems fair enough, Your Majesty. Yes. Agree you to this arrangement. Why not? Sure. Now there are many of the prophets of Baal, so they shall be first. They shall cut their bullock into pieces and call upon Baal for fire to burn the offering. everything in readiness. Uh, it is, most high priestess. Then call upon Baal, and he will rain fire down upon the offering. Oh, Baal, God of the universe, God of the sun, God of all things, hear us now and cause fire to burn this bullock. Call on him again. He didn't hear you. Oh, Baal, God of all things, hear us pray thee and bring fire down upon this altar and burn the bullock that all people may know that you are the chief of all the gods. All 450 of you priests call upon Baal. Then he will hear you and answer with fire. Oh, Baal, bring fire down What's the matter? Why doesn't Baal hear and answer? I do not know, Most High Priestess. Have the priests jump upon the altar and plead louder. Let them cut themselves with sharp knives until blood flows freely. Then surely Baal will hear and so answer with fire. Cut yourselves for Baal. Baal the wild incantations of the priests of Baal continued until noon. And did Elijah mock them, saying, Cry louder! Louder! He is a god! You yourselves said so! Perhaps he is deaf and cannot hear you! Or perhaps he is busy pursuing something or someone! He may even be on a journey or asleep and must be awakened! So louder! Louder! What are we to do, Most High Priestess? Keep on. Don't give up. Have the priests cut themselves deeper so more blood flows. Baal must be made to hear and answer with fire. Cut yourselves! Baal, bring fire down on these bullocks! This wild calling upon Baal to rain fire down to burn the bullock continued until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Then the 450 priests of Baal gave up and in silence gave way to Elijah, lone prophet of God. Come near, 
unto me, ye people of Israel. And the people gathered around Elijah. Ye chosen people, I call your attention to this altar of God, which was broken down, but which I have repaired. The twelve stones of the altar represent the twelve sons of Jacob, which have become the twelve tribes of Israel. Around the altar you will notice a trench. On the altar is the bullock and pieces of wood. I have had water brought forth in barrels, which shall now be poured over the bullock and the wood. Pour four more barrels of water over the bullock, the wood, and the altar. Pour still four more barrels of water upon the altar, that the wood be soaked and impossible by human effort to burn. And now, fill the trench around the altar. Now, my dear people of Israel, I shall call upon the Lord God, and he will hear me and answer. Lord God of Abraham and Isaac and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God. Turn the hearts of these thy people back unto thee. Fire from heaven. It is burning the bullock, even the stones of the altar, and the water in the trench. The Lord God of Israel, he is the one and only true God. The Lord he is God. The Lord he is God. The Lord he is We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.
Thank you for singing so beautifully. Okay, Kids Bible Club, tonight we continue to hear from our members about their favorite Bible text. Henry, I think it's your turn this week. Thanks, Pastor Perez. My favorite Bible text is the very first one in the Bible, Genesis 1-1. Okay, let's all open our Bibles to that passage. Henry will read the text and then tell us why it's important to him. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Wow, Henry, very impressive reading. I wanted to sound like one of those preachers on TV. And you did. So tell us, why is that verse so important to you? Because of monkeys. (laughs) Hey, Henry, been looking in the mirror lately? Thank you, Hannah. Let's let Henry talk now. You'll get your turn. Yeah, Hannah, let's let Henry talk. Anyway, the other day I was reading about monkeys and dinosaurs, and the book said that dinosaurs roamed the Earth millions of years ago and that humans were once monkeys. Some still are. Thank you, Hannah. (laughs) But the text and the other texts in Genesis say that we didn't come from monkeys. God created us. I like that better. I'd much rather have been created by someone who loves me instead of just becoming me after I was a monkey or something strange like that. Well put, Henry. I agree. God is our creator. Genesis 1-1 reminds us of that fact. Give Henry a big hand for his great reading and lesson. (laughs) Oh, very funny. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do you ever feel left out like your friends want to be with someone else instead of you? What if you really needed those friends to help you solve a mystery? Chris and Maria discover an old safe in their grandparents' basement, but no one knows the combination. Who gave the money to build the cross above Mill Valley? Chris and Maria think the answer is inside the old safe. As they follow the clues, Chris learns some important lessons about friendship and jealousy, and about being a Christian. Chapter 9, Great Grandpa Archer's Old House At just that moment, Mrs. Vargas opened the front door. Is everyone ready to search for clues, she asked? Yes! Chris started to run out the door with the rest of the shoebox kids when he remembered his backpack. He hurried back inside and grabbed it from beside the front door. We might need the flashlight, and I always need my notebook and pencil. He grabbed the statue of the archer, too, so he could show it to everyone. Maria and Chris climbed into the van next to Willie. Behind them, Jenny and Dee Dee and Sammy and Ryan were taking up the back seat and making a lot of noise. Chris took the archer out of his backpack and passed it back to Ryan and Sammy. Wow, this is great, Ryan said. He touched his finger to the tip of the arrow. It's not very sharp. 
Dee Dee sighed. Does everything have to be dangerous for boys to like it? Let me see it, Ryan. Ryan passed the statue along to Dee Dee. She frowned as she stared at it. I think he's ugly, she decided. Does everything have to be cute for girls to like it? Ryan teased. Ten minutes later, Mom drove slowly past the house while the shoebox kids pressed their noses against the driver's side windows. I'm going to pull into a parking lot up here and turn around so when we park we won't have to cross the street, Mom said. That sure is a big house, Dee Dee commented. Yeah, Sammy agreed. Are you sure we can go inside? Mom jingled a set of keys together. Here's our ticket, she said. Pastor Hill borrowed these from the mayor just for us. I'm not so sure I want to go in, Jenny said as they pulled up in front of the old house. It looks scary. For a minute, everyone sat very still and quiet. Then Ryan spoke up. Come on, let's go. Mrs. Vargas led them up to the front door and unlocked it. She opened the door but let the shoebox kids go inside to the living room by themselves. Remember, this house belongs to the city. Don't disturb anything. If you need me, I'll be walking around outside remembering this old house, Chris. All right, Mom, Chris replied. He turned to the shoebox kids. Let's go search for the combination. Wow, this house is big, Jenny said. I wish my house was this big. I could have three rooms of my own. You wouldn't like it for very long, Sammy and Willie said at the same time. They both laughed. You'd get tired of cleaning it. Jenny looked around again. The place was very dusty. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't think of it that way. Where should we look for this combination, Dee Dee asked. Are there any papers or boxes of stuff to look through? Not that we know of, Chris answered. The only things left here are the walls and the furniture. Chris walked out into the middle of the living room. I don't think this is the best place. There doesn't seem to be anywhere to write a combination that the other owners would not have discovered or covered up somehow. What if he scratched the numbers of the combination into some woodwork somewhere with a knife, Ryan asked. I don't think so, Willie answered. You know how adults hate it when someone scratches on a desk or table. It was just an idea, Ryan said, shrugging. It was a good idea, Chris said, if we just knew where to look. Maria walked over to the bottom of the stairs and looked up. I think the best place to look would be where Great Grandpa's study was, where Mom said the safe was. Right, the shoebox kids agreed. Let's go. Willie rolled over and looked at the long flight of stairs. It won't take all of us to search one room. You guys go ahead. Chris slid off his backpack and pulled out his flashlight. Then he handed the backpack to Willie. Can you hang on to this? Sure, Willie said. At the top of the stairs, after waving down to Willie, everyone spread out to look for Great Grandpa Archer's study. It's the room with lots of bookshelves, Chris reminded them. Maria opened a door and peered inside. This isn't it, she said. Sammy and Jenny didn't find it either, in the two rooms they looked in. Chris went to the far end of the hall and slowly opened a door. Hey, everyone, this looks like it. It was a little darker inside than Chris hoped it would be. Turning his flashlight on, he stepped inside, shining the light back and forth. One whole wall was lined with bookshelves, just like Mom had said. Fancy woodwork crossed the edges of the ceiling and circled around the window. See anything? Ryan asked as he dashed in. I haven't looked yet, Chris replied. Well, come on, Ryan said. He got ahead of Chris and walked toward the bookshelves. Suddenly, he froze. What's the matter, Ryan? Maria asked in a shaky voice. Spider webs. Pooh, phooey, yuck. I hate spider webs, Ryan said. He started wiping the sticky webs off his face. Maria, Jenny, Dee Dee, and Sammy all started giggling. Ignoring them, Chris walked over to the window and looked outside. Hey, Maria, look at this. Maria ran over. What is it? You can see the cross perfectly from here. 
Great-grandpa must have donated the money for it, maybe so he could see it whenever he looked out from his study. But it still doesn't prove anything, Maria said. After the spiderwebs had partially been cleaned out from around the bookshelves, the shoebox kids searched every inch of the room. Chris, Maria, and Ryan even looked underneath the shelves as well as on tops of the shelves and at the wood around the windows. Ryan seemed to be most disappointed. If I wanted to hide a combination just in case I forgot it, I'd carve it into the wood somewhere, he said. I guess it's not here, Chris sighed. After so long, who knows where it could be? Maybe it's lost forever. Suddenly, Sammy ran to the door. Did you hear that? His face turned white. I think Willie's in trouble. Just then, everyone heard Willie yell from downstairs. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 4, The Missing Combination Mystery, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. they'll become so let the children come please let the children come children's bible journey was brought to you by 3abn australia radio and is a production of life talk radio at lifetalk.net